on today's Marketing O'Clock. Off the Clock Show, we talk about the journey of the critically acclaimed, amazingly talented, and driven Eric Enga of Perficient. Eric talked about how he went from an engineer to a marketer, starting up his own agency and the thought that went into that. A hobby that Eric has been paid to do in the past that I'm quite jealous of, and having to make the decision to be acquired by a larger company. All that and more on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Today, I'm excited to have with us a multiple Search Personality of the Year winner, Search Market of the Year winner, co-author of The Art of SEO, the founder of Net10x, which is right around the corner here in Boston on May 2nd, 2019, the former founder and CEO of Stone Temple, and now the general manager of Proficient Digital, Eric Enga. Hi, Eric. Thanks for coming on the show hey, today. Hey, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me today. All right. And this is the Marketing O'Clock Show, Off the Clock, where we talk about some of the journey into digital marketing and really how you got to where you are today. So first off, one thing I love asking people is, what's one job or gig that you've had that most people don't know about? Oh, gosh. Well, the funny thing about me is that... Um, uh, with the acquisition of Stone Temple by Proficient, Proficient became the fourth job in my life. Uh, and um, for somebody who's approaching what most people would consider retirement age, that's a remarkably small number. Um, so, but when I started, I was a, uh, a hardware designer uh, for a company called Megapulse uh, and uh, was actually designing PCB uh, boards uh, to... Uh, be used in Loran C transmitters. Wow. That sounds very different than what you're doing today. Eh, just a touch, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, actually, it was in that job that I morphed into actually becoming a programmer. And then I was that for uh, a number of years. Uh, and then I made the mistake of slipping into marketing-oriented careers. Okay. And then here's a follow-up question to that. Have you ever been uh, in I, I know that you've had a foosball career and have you ever received any prize money from playing foosball oh well sure so um i didn't really consider that a career although i was a ranked pro on the uh, uh the national foosball circuit and in 1984 uh won a world championship in one event in 1985 won the national championship in the in the u.s here for the same event um and yes there was prize money involved and uh, traveling to cities and doing stuff to compete in different events and, uh, you know, see how you could do. So that is, um, um, well, let's put it this way. Um, I do still have the current uh, tour table uh, in my basement at home. I don't actually use it very often. Uh, I haven't played in a tournament in over 20 years. But if you need to win a bar bet tonight, <laughs> we, we can still do that for you. All right, that's like my dream job to get paid playing uh, foosball there. And, and follow-up question, do you spin? 
Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's the that's a hack thing that, that we always laugh about here in the office. So that's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right. So so obviously you're now a highly acclaimed marketing author, entrepreneur, thought leader. How did you make that step from engineering, as you had mentioned, into the world of marketing? Well, I mean, so the first thing that happened really is uh, I was you know, hopefully a pretty good engineer, and that caused the company I was working for at the time uh, when this transition happened, a company called Phoenix Technologies, um, to you know make the mistake of, I'm going to use the word mistake a lot here today, <laughs> uh, of putting me in front of customers. And, uh, and then they learned that I could like talk to them and explain things. Um, and so there's a, um, a, a lot of people are enamored uh, of and put a premium on engineers who can talk um, sensibly to you know, regular human beings. Um, so I ended up getting pulled into more and more sales calls and that eventually led to me getting in some marketing oriented roles at Phoenix. Uh, and my first uh, gig as a general manager of a business unit in a public company. Uh, all the way back in the late 80s. Um, uh, so that's kind of how it happened. Uh, you know, so um, it was an interesting transition for sure. Okay. And so what was the actual first job? Did you have a job title? What was your first actual position in the digital marketing space? So the way that happened is in 1997, we're going back a ways, uh, I left uh, Phoenix Technologies, the company I'd worked at for a decade, uh, and um, I actually went out and I was doing business development consulting for people, uh, not anything to do with digital marketing yet. And I did that for a number of years, but in 2002, a good friend of mine um, brought me in as a consultant, actually, to do biz dev consulting for uh, a business he had that was running a website uh, called bestprices.com that was selling DVDs online. This, that was the business. Um, and he was really asking me to go do business development deals to hawk you know, DVDs. Um, but after about 30 or 60 days, uh, you know, I, I kind of called him up. I said, Steve, I think what we ought to try to do is see if we can figure out how to get traffic from search engines. Uh, and like a good CEO, he, um, turned around and said to me, Eric, that's a wonderful idea. Go do it. <laughs> so a year later, we were doing $3 million a year in sales from search. And I kind of went, you know, I kind of scratched my head and said, maybe I got to do more of this. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's how I started getting seriously into it. I'll say. So, so was that transition, I guess, from really having that, that engineering mind tough to, to go from being an engineer into, you know, search engine optimization? Well, actually, having a technical background is extremely handy in search engine optimization uh, and uh, because there are a lot of technical aspects to it. Um, and so I don't think it was really that difficult. But also for me, just as a person, I actually like the fact that um, you know digital marketing careers, uh, in particular ones with a strong component of SEO. One moment I could be you know this intense geek, 
Uh, and the next moment I could be a wild-eyed marketer. Uh, and, and for me, that switching back and forth really works well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and was there anything that, that helped you, that you think really helped you as an engineer get to that next, you know, I guess why, why you were seen as to having that ability to speak from the marketing standpoint? Was there something that, that you stood out from you versus the other engineers at the company at that time? So um, I, th I think the big thing is, actually, here's a good way to explain it. In my family, um, I'm literally um, the only person that wasn't a university professor. Mm -hmm. So the culture in my family of being able to stand up in front of a room of people uh, or even an individual person and explain to them how something worked and why it worked that way and what to do about it was very much bred into me during my entire upbringing. I was just used to the idea that whenever you talk, talked about something that the other person didn't understand it, that were, there were certain things that you do to, well, help them understand. And part of the big juice, Greg, really is, um, from a teaching perspective, it isn't just knowing the material, but it's knowing, especially when you have multiple people in the room in front of you, it's like, where person A is stuck on this point, uh, and that's what they're not getting, but person B is stuck on something different, and person C on yet a third different thing, and just being able to recognize where people are getting hung up in understanding what you're trying to explain, and then taking them one by one, and, and, and getting them there. So I think that's what really helped me. I grew up in a, a culture of teaching. So what I might suggest to somebody in the audience, right, um, who probably, you know, most people don't grow up in a house full of university professors, um, um, but you can go watch them uh, and see what they do and learn how they handle uh, complications and, you know, difficult explanations. Of course, take great care to find one that you have reason to believe is really good at it. Because not, you know, not everybody's good at it, even if it's their job. So just have to be aware of that. Yeah, and that, that's the one thing that I always really got from your talks is the fact that you could tell you really knew the details, but you could communicate that and explain it in a way that people understood it. So I think that that's great advice. And you started Stone Temple, I believe, in 1997. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's its own interesting story because... Um, uh, yes, the company was founded in 1997. Like I said before, at the time, it was business development consulting, which, of course, that's why the heck did I pick business development consulting, given that my career prior to that was engineering. You know, what right do I have to think that I could sell something, right? But, um, but I did. Um, and it was only around 2002 that I began dabbling in SEO. But... Um, in, well, really, I kind of went whole hog into SEO in 2002, I should say. And, but most of that was not through Stone Temple. Uh, okay. I actually founded and ran, uh, together with partners, three other different um, SEO-focused companies from 2003 to 2012. And those companies were publishing websites that did education lead gen, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and all the traffic was garnered by SEO. Um, and that actually was my primary job 
um, split, split across those three companies uh, for a few years. In fact, the way it worked is I founded the first one in 2003, uh, co-founded it with one other person. Um, and in 2000 and uh, see if I, uh, no, I have my timelines wrong here. Uh, no, I think I'm right. Um, that's right. And then in 2005, founded a second one, but sold the first one in 2006. And then in 2010, sold the second one, but had actually the year before started the third one. And with each one, we added one extra person. Oh. Um, and we, uh, so one of the companies had only two of us. One had three and the other had four of us. Uh, but you know, gradually just kept expanding the, the horizon on things. Um, but we got to this point in 2012 where I recognized that how I was thinking about SEO was really different than um, the, the people I was working with, my partners. And they wanted a much more tactical approach to SEO. And my mind had started to shift to a very strategic mm-hmm. uh, a viewpoint on it. This is one of the tough things you got to do sometimes in your career. Sometimes you have to make the call. And what I did is I sat down with the, the guys and said, you know, we're going in different directions. It's time for this to end. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to just, you know, go off in our own different ways. And, uh, you know, we, we were all friends. We're still all friends. Uh, came up with an amicable separation of everything we were doing. Sold the last of the companies, basically. Um, and it's then when my focus went full time to Stone Temple as an SEO agency. Okay, great. And, and what year was that roughly? Uh, so that was tw- 2012. Okay, great. And so when you did that, did any of those people stay on or was it just you um, at Stone Temple Consulting at the time? Well, so um, yeah, no, none of my partners in the publishing companies ever right. had anything to do with Stone Temple. This is another good career thing, especially if you're an entrepreneur to be, to be aware of. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to share resources between different companies that have different owners. Right. So everything was kept 100% separate so that there just would be no conflict except over my time. But, you know, that, that was manageable, you know. If there were other shared resources, it would have been very painful to negotiate that kind of stuff all the time. Um, so, but in Stone Temple... Years before uh, it became my full-time gig again, uh, actually in 2007, I had a guy join me to help me run Stone Temple for a period of years. And with his help, we grew Stone Temple to about 12 people, even while I was still doing a lot in the publishing companies. Um, And then once I dropped out of the publishing companies, I just went full-time Stone Temple. Okay, Great. So, Great. Complicated story, you yeah. know, but uh, but hey, it was fun. That's awesome. And so, <laughs> Stone Temple, obviously, I mean, from a visibility standpoint, and I'd imagine a, a size standpoint, uh, grew significantly up through through twenty eighteen. And and I, where were you maybe at the at the peak in, I guess, bodies or people that worked at Stone Temple? Yeah, yeah, somewhere between sixty five and seventy uh, people. Uh, within the company, and also that's not counting contractors. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we had, uh, especially uh, with uh, writing contractors, writers, uh, subject matter expert writers, by the way, not 
uh, just um, generic copywriters. Not that there's anything wrong with generic copywriters, uh, but that's where we're. And we had um, as many, you know, 100, 120 copy. Uh, sorry, yeah, now I'm saying copywriters, subject matter expert writers uh, working with us. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> wow. Nice. And so that, I mean, that's a, that's a, a long time that you have still been here, you know, in, in the agency side of things. And what is one of those, the, the keys to success? I mean, really from a technical SEO agency, you're one of the largest, if not the largest, you know, during that time frame. what really kept you at the top of your game to, again, to, to continue along that path? So a couple of things are really important here. Um, one is you have to hire people that are smarter than you. All right. I mean, they don't have to be smarter at you than you at everything, but they need to. You need to be hiring people that have skills that you don't, that are filling the holes. Doesn't matter who you are. You you have holes in your skills gap that you know you need help with uh, with filling, um, and and so that was incredibly important. So there were more and more things that I didn't have to do, um, you know, personally, basically, um, and that was that was a really really big key. Um, and the other is, in the process of doing that, we um, hired a, a staff that was really good at running the operations of the organization with the, the net result that it was easier for me to continue to spend time um, while trying to do the vision thing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, investigating where the industry was going. And, I mean, as you know, we publish lots of studies uh, uh, for the for the industry on our site uh, and you know to be you know, kind of the driving force behind those studies and picking out what we do and and going and doing the speaking and writing stuff that I do you know only possible because other people really smart people were doing a great job of handling deliveries for clients awesome and I was about to say that that's an understatement to say that you post a lot there's always fantastic information coming out from you and the gang over there. Um, I mean, just yesterday there was uh, some some awesome voice search. I think it was thirty one, uh, thirty one different learnings from voice search or, or something something of that nature. I, but every yeah. every week there's something great coming out. Yeah, well, we tried to do that. Uh, the the thing you just mentioned, I think it was actually thirty four. Thirty four. That's all right. Close enough. Um, so we actually did a survey of seventeen hundred users to ask them about their usage of voice search. And it's the third straight year we've done it. And so we've been tracking the trends over time as to are people getting more and more comfortable with using, you know, voice commands, really, uh, with their phones or smart speakers or, or what have you. Um, and the trend is, yes, they are getting more and more comfortable. That's awesome. That's awesome. And a lot of the information is really, I'd say, future focused. And even to the fact that you've gone ahead and started up a new conference as well, uh, Next10x. And can you tell me a little bit about how you started that up and, and why you did? Yeah. Um, I mean, the conference, is, it, it's fun, uh, but uh, it's a tremendous amount of hard work. But it's fun for me because I'm not the one doing all the hard work to pull it together. Uh, again, it gets down to having people who are smarter uh, than you at uh, certain things that are responsible for them, which uh, is just so important. But, um, you know, we we obviously, as a company, Stone Temple worked a lot at being a um, uh, making itself a brand in the industry. 
and th that the reason for the speaking and the publishing, the studies and the writing and everything else. Um, and the next 10X conference is another extension of that. The fact that we have this conference and we hold it is something that I think is really, um, uh, I think, uh, um, good for us. And, you know, we get, uh, uh, you know, some of our clients come, of course, and other people that are prospects, but other industry people come and we have fantastic speakers that we bring in, um, you know, multiple people from Google, for example, and, um, uh, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, fundamentally, though, it's a branding event, and uh, I think it's uh, worked well for us. Okay. And then what should people expect at the Next 10X shows in general? What, is, what do you want people to think of and remember if they go and frequent the, the show itself? So what we try to do with it is, um, first of all, it's a, it's, it's a good, solid digital marketing conference that will have topics that um, um, you know, are for people who are, have some really good initial familiar, familiarity with digital marketing. Certainly a fair amount of SEO, but there's content marketing and social media part of it. Um, uh, so um, it, it definitely has material for the advanced folks as well. Um, and it's a single track, uh, so, and highly curia curated speakers. Uh, I'm involved, uh, uh, with a lot of the speaker selection, but, you know, we, since we're not trying to bring in 50 speakers to our conference, uh, you're, we're bringing in 12, uh, we can be a lot more, uh, selective about, you know, who it is that, that we bring in. So, uh, Martin Split. Um, from Google is a fantastic speaker. He, this is going to be, I believe, his debut in the United States, and I think he's going to take off because he's. Wow. Yeah, watch, uh, watch, watch his YouTube videos. Uh, that's Martin. Last name is S P L I T T. Um, folks, check him out. He's an amazing speaker. Uh, so I'm very excited about him. Uh, ben Morse from the uh, Google AMP and Progressive Web App team is also going to be speaking. Um, Anne Hanley, um, uh, author of uh, uh, Everybody Writes and a bunch of other uh, uh, things, also named the Content Marketer uh, of the Year or Content Marketing Personality of the Year by the Content Marketing Institute in 2018. She's an amazing speaker. Um, uh, and you know, just a lot of other really good people, good practitioners, uh, you know, getting up and, you know, telling their uh stories and their stuff. Awesome. Awesome. That's going to be a great event for sure. And again, that is on May 2nd, 2019 at the Colonnade Hotel in Boston. I don't know if I said Colonnade right, but uh, check it out again. You can You're Google dead. Next 10X and find some more information about that. And speaking of authors, you are not only a co-author of The Art of SEO, but you can be seen nearly anywhere. So you're a contributor at Forbes, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, Copy Blogger, um, and obviously at stonetemple.com with all those articles you were talking about earlier. So my question is, A, how do you find time to do all this? So who needs sleep? <laughs> okay, perfect. So that gets me <laughs> to number B, to, to be here. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. No, like I said, um, um, so you know, the way the organization has been sculpted is to allow me to do, uh, spend time on, on these things. I, I do want to mention, by the way, and I should have mentioned this in the beginning, is that um, uh, you know we did get acquired by a company called Proficient uh, Digital, 
uh, or proficient, uh, and we're part of their proficient digital division. And one of the things that's cool about that is it makes us, first of all, we have a lot more services we offer than we did as Stone Temple Consulting. So even though I was the founder of Stone Temple, we now, um, you know, I now think of myself as a proficient digital person. Uh, if I lift up my shirt here, you'll see it has a proficient digital logo right there. All right, perfect. Uh, so, uh, so um, uh, yeah, um, I, I just want everybody to know that that's part of where we're at at this point. Cool. Um, so you've got that team, and, and we're going to get to that in a minute here. Okay. That, that helps you to free you up to, to again, kind of push the envelope and you know, do what you know is important to you. So, so to you, when, when do you, how do you know when taking on a column or an article is going to be worth it? Like, what, what do you think, how, what goes through your mind when you, you know, take something on or are asked to do something? Uh, well, I think it, um, something's really important. Sorry, I had to hesitate while I was thinking through the best way to approach it because I had six different angles on how to approach that question uh, came to mind. But I think the best way to approach it is you really do need to have a sense of um, what your business is about. And it could be just what your career is about if you're not a business owner. Um, and what are the areas of focus where you want to make an impact? So if somebody you know, came to me and asked me to write an article about paid search, um, I would say, yeah, no, that's not me. I'm not the guy to do that. By the way, there's other people at Proficient Digital can do that, and I can hook you up with them, and that's cool, but it's not me. And that's a very simplistic example. But, you know, we're very big, you know, we're pushing a lot in voice right now. We're pushing a lot in the way people are doing with content, a lot with technical SEO. And when we, you know, find the right topic sets and the right audiences uh, as well, um, then it becomes, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's, let's see if we can find time. I can find time to take that on and, and do that. All right. And so that brings me to what you had just uh, alluded to the fact that last summer, I believe it was July of, of 2018 stone temple was acquired by publicly traded company proficient. So a congrats. And then B, you know, I know that, that you, again, have that, you're very meticulous with the work you do, the content you put out, the, uh, the engagements that you give. Why was Proficient such a fit for you? So, um, well, here's the thing, right? Uh, for those of you who uh, um, you know, are looking closely, you, you, you can see a fair amount of gray hair on this head. Uh, and if I tilt it that way, you can see the ever-growing bald spot. Uh, in the middle. Um, so um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be exiting the industry, you know, in the immediate future by any means, but the time is going to come. Uh, and so for me, uh, I want um, what we created with Stone Temple to be able to live on. And for us, Proficient Digital um, was an organization that had tremendous amount to offer uh, for um, um, the, the, the company to live on um, and continue, uh, you know, continue to employ all the great people who uh, worked at Stone Temple prior to the acquisition and let them, you know, be a part of something that goes on. Um, and the other thing that was, uh, well, there were two other things I want to mention that were big about this for us. Um, 
one of the novel parts of Stone Temple is that our revenue uh, was generated in a hundred percent inbound manner. I mean, we didn't oh. even do uh, any outbound advertising, right? I mean, it was literally you had to write us or come up to us or something by some other means ask us about becoming a client. It was the only way to do it. Um, but um, you know, the reality is with Proficient, we now have a highly professional sales force. Mm-hmm. And I've already been pulled into a lot of different meetings and situations that otherwise you know, we would not have gotten to. Um, so while the inbound approach we were using was quite powerful, um, you know, there's a lot of companies that you know, don't go to Search Engine Land or Search Engine Journal or Copy Blogger or any of those other sites or don't go to the conferences um, and, you know, how are you going to get into conversations with those folks? Our sales force is bringing us into those conversations. So that's, that was another major piece. And the third thing that was really critical to us is we had a lot of discussions about culture, uh, prior to, um, you know, agreeing to the acquisition. And, um, and, and so you just want some where the way people think about things is, is, you know, something that we can all be comfortable with. All right. That's fantastic. And you now, you know, fast forward to today, we're about nine months in, give or take. What would you tell people? Is there any insight you could give to somebody who may be going through the same process of, of being acquired or joining forces with somebody? What would you tell them? Well, I mean, I do think it's important to do the due diligence up front and, uh, and and really do understand what the the culture will be like uh, after an acquisition. Um, um, you know, everybody in the end is going to have to live with that, and you need to be comfortable that that's uh, going to be the right kind of thing. And you know, don't get me wrong; no matter where you go, there will be issues that come up. That's just life, right? But are the people involved going to have the right mindset in helping you deal with those issues when you raise them? And can you? get them addressed. And, you know, if there's something that um, uh, doesn't work out, are you getting a clear explanation of why that everybody can be comfortable with? That's a thing that I think a lot of people who go through an acquisition don't spend enough time on. All right. I I mean, the rest of it's fairly straightforward. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, uh, there's obviously the terms of the deal and what hooks they have in you as a person. And uh, that's the stuff nobody forgets to pay attention to. All right. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. But, you know, what's that next layer of things? And that's, I think, really important to understand. All right. And then lastly, before we get to our lightning round here, I just want to know, you've, you've been doing this for a good solid full time, say 15 years, um, near, near 20 years. What's the biggest change that you've seen in that span of time in the digital marketing space? I think that, well, this is a trick question almost because I'm going to give the short answer and then I'm going to explain why the short answer is wrong and then I'm going to explain why it's so right. So the, the short answer is that, um, uh, the, well, the SEO industry has matured and, um, and, and isn't always so centered on looking for the, the cheap, easy trick to get traffic today or tomorrow that uh, maybe you don't really deserve. Uh, and we've seen a lot there and more and more people are, are really getting it. 
um, and understanding that um, you know you get a long way in this business with you know creating great content, um, great user experiences, helping users, and promoting yourself effectively. It's a wonderful formula. Um, don't forget that last part about promoting yourself. Effectively. Uh, um, uh, you know, and a lot of people actually do forget it. Uh, um, in old-fashioned SEO terms, it helps you get links, uh, but it also helps you get other visibility in terms of bringing users to your site. Um, so the part that's wrong about what I just said is even though it has progressed over the past 20 years, um, it's, there's still a lot of it out there with people um, thinking that, you know, one quick, easy hack is going to rocket their organic search traffic to unforeseen heights um, and people trying to do things to game the system and, and play the algorithm. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's like if it sounds like stupid or fantastic, then, then you can be quite assured that it's not true. So an example of that is, um, I had someone come to me and tell me that adding uh, what are called machine-readable entity ID tags to their pages would, you know, like cause your SEO to take off. Like it was going to double. And it's like, okay, um, I get it. The idea behind these tags is it helps search engines more readily tie you to a database of information about your business. And I could see why that would have value. But the idea that it would fundamentally change your SEO is, it's on the surface just not right. You know, they, I don't need to conduct a test to tell you that it doesn't work that way. It's just, you know, Google's still looking for the best content and, you know, the most relevant content, et cetera. Um, so that's the part that's still discouraging. Okay. Um, but on the other hand, to get back to the part of why my original statement was right, um, yeah, I do see that still, but there's a lot less of it than there used to be. Uh, and there's so many people that are just doing the good hard work that, um, you know, helps people get sustainable gains in their organic search traffic uh, for, you know, uh, you know, for foreseeable future. All right. Thank you. And then that brings us to the lightning round where I've got a couple quick questions for you and we'll try to get some, some short answers because I know we're up on it here. So first off, what was the biggest mistake that you've made in your digital marketing career? You asked that question. I'm supposed to have a lightning round answer for it. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be longer uh, if you want. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I'll, I'll list an example mistake. Uh, large client. We had a really good success with them. Uh, had an RFP uh, for new work. Uh, presumed that it was a lock for us because of the prior work. Um, they didn't appreciate the arrogance, lost the deal. Okay, great, great. And then what, in your opinion, is the hardest thing about running an agency? Um, people management is hard. Um, and it's not because people are bad or, I mm -hmm. mean, that happens too. When you, when you get to, you know, 50, 60 people, you're going to have bad things happen from an employee situation somewhere along the way, uh, unfortunately. But, um... It's a constant effort to uh, keep their training and skills up to date um, and make sure that they also have clear understanding of what a particular client's expectations are and what success and delivery looks like. 
and at the same time are keeping them engaged and energized, feeling like their careers are moving forward uh, and that they're all getting what they want out of it. Um, look, the reality is any success uh, of a team of any size is because of the team. Uh, so the energy you have to invest in the team is incredible. Okay. Is there a book, a blog post, or a site that's had the biggest impact on you and your career? Um, you know, that's a that's a that's such a funny question to ask me because uh, I, I used to be a voracious reader. Um, uh, and, and, you know, now um, it's really more about uh, things that uh, I engage with tactically. But he, here's a good answer for you. Somebody I think is awesome to, to track. I love reading Seth Godin's daily emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just uh, has a very crisp and concise way of identifying uh, different issues uh, and and kind of cutting through the clutter and, and giving you a different way of thinking about things. Okay. And then lastly, somebody new just getting into the digital marketing field, search, paid search, social content. In your opinion, what is the most important factor for them to be successful in their career? Um, I think uh, a strong drive to fully understand why something is the way it is and what you do with it. You have to have constant curiosity. Maybe that's a better way to summarize it uh, because it's ever-changing. And uh, the rate of change is has only accelerated year over year for the past decade, and I don't think it's stopped accelerating. So that just constant curiosity and desire to learn is critical. Absolutely. And so, Eric, where can people find you next? So, uh, well, uh, they can always find me on Twitter with the Twitter handles at Stone Temple. So even though um, I'm now part of Proficient Digital, um, that's actually my personal Twitter handle. Um, so that's uh, one thing to be aware of uh, in terms of getting a hold of me. Uh, next conference, oh gosh, where are we? Oh, next 10X will be the next conference that I know of. May 2nd. Uh, <laughs> uh, May 2nd in Boston. Um, and, oh, and actually content marketing conference in uh, uh, April in Boston as well. Uh, okay. So I'll be at the content marketing conference. Fantastic. And again, follow along at Stone Temple. Eric, thank you so much for coming on Marketing Clock Off the Clock and sharing that amazing journey with us. I think everybody really learned something from it. And again, you can find out more at stonetemple.com now. There's a big banner to get on over to Proficient. You can read a bunch of those articles we talked about and again, find them on Twitter or probably at any marketing conference you go, you'll see Eric or somebody from his team there. Um, And again, thank you, Eric. We will be back with another digital marketing journey here in two weeks. Bye. All right. Thanks, Greg. Yep. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered.